Hello, everybody. Yes, we got microphone. Sorry, I forgot to do a mic check because we are feeling unmotivated today. Welcome, my fellow lovers of love, to another excursion to the stream of consciousness towards the... I knew I was going to butcher it. <laughs> towards the stream of consciousness to the lake of... Yeah, for, I forget what the heck it is. I've got to write these things down when I change, when I come up with a good version because I forget because I just come up with it and I forget. I really start to get, ah, so terrible. I'm feeling unmotivated today. And you want to hear a bit of irony just before we go talk. You know, we were, we were going to talk about kind of a human sexuality goofy, right? But I'm just not in the mood. <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> kind of ironies of human sexuality. I'm not in the mood. <laughs> I don't want to plug back in. I got to unplug for a few days this week, and I just am completely re- like a toddler, not wanting to go to bed. I am resisting having to kind of plug back in the thing and start getting back to work. Well, that's very human. <laughs> no, no. You don't understand the level of which I'm trying to avoid. I'm like a toddler. You've been watching me today. I'm a toddler. Well, <laughs> yeah, but you don't feel good. Your sinuses are bothering you. It's <laughs> not around here. Yeah, so not that wind we went through yesterday, I think, caught up with me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the heck it was. We traveled yesterday. We were, I think in weed, it was the worst. Yeah, it was windy. No, Mount Shasta. At Mount Shasta rest stop. Yeah, it was worth it. But we had a good, you had a good week. I had an excellent week. I spent three and a, three, four days total, if you put all the hours together, with my, uh, with my three-year-old granddaughter in Oregon. And I hadn't seen her for a year because of COVID. And we just, I was afraid she wouldn't remember me, but she just, she seemed to recognize me. She was very, she's a very affectionate child. She warmed up very quickly. We had the greatest time. We played barbs like there is no tomorrow. Yeah, no, it was nice to be able to get you up there. It, it kind of, it was, it took about, I don't know, uh, the first, it was an interesting thing because kind of a bunch of little details came together all at once. And then I had to kind of move a whole TV show production up a day within like two hours so I could clear my schedule to be able to get you up there. And then I had a clear schedule. And I was like, well, no, I don't want to plug back in. I don't want to do it. (laughs) Now, these are the, yes, I was woken up by little taps on my hand. Hey, you're going to want to wake up for this. I arranged for you to go and see your, do you want to go see your daughter? You know, do you want to go see Mary Jane? These are the acts of love that I get. I don't get flowers all the time. I don't get jewelries. I get th- I get thoughtful a- actions. And I have to make it. It took the actions of my fellow TV hosts. Yes. Being willing to move their schedule to get it. So I can't actually even take full credit. Other people had to change their schedule around so we could pull this off. And I have to thank them. You know, that's a, it's, you know, it feels good. Yes. And I thank them too. 
because you know we're all helping each other out and it's a, it's a nice thing and at the end of it you got to go visit your granddaughter we, we made the world a better place for the small cost of throwing together a tv show production in like three hours <laughs> well because it was it was you know you know how we do tv shows you have you do you do kind of your pre pre-production one day and then you produce it another well, I had like three hours to do the pre-production work that I usually take about eight hours to do. <laughs> and, um, honey, because I hadn't put, in, I hadn't done any of the work. I hadn't put anything together yet. I didn't have any topics or or kind of the show sketched out. Nothing. I had nothing put together. It that was the day to do it. And then, but you, I'd heard your daughter. You and your daughter were talking over the chat that she had like four days off or she had some time off and it was like four days and I had remembered seeing the weather was going to be nice. And I was like, well, Hey, if I can be able to move her out, this is the only thing that has to happen at this, if it's okay there and I can move the TV show, then you get to go. And we got to go. And normally we have to plan these things out. That kind of a drop of the hat. So it was nice and flexible this time. Usually you, you, you have issues with doing things kind of like that on the spur of the moment, but I didn't think you would be, you would mind the surprise. Well, spur of the moment, things are difficult for me. Yes. But, um, you know, I just pulled it together. I mean, I wanted to go. <coughs> and I it did the prep work that needed to be done. I just got, just started moving, you know. But change is change is hard for me. Yeah, you expect one thing to happen, and all of a sudden, that's not what's happening anymore. And that's you know, and just and it's just like that. Literally, I was asleep. The world with one that the world one way. I wake up, and the world's another way. <laughs> you know, I was asleep, just you know, normal day. I wake up, and I'm taking a trip up to Oregon tomorrow. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what happened? <laughs> My honey made it happen. That's what happened. And we were, I was very careful. I was saying, I'm not going to tell you anything until I can make sure all the arrangements can be made because, you know, I didn't want to say, hey, let's see if we can and, and get disappointed. I didn't want to, you know, set up some hope that we might be able to get to go and, and not be able to do it. So, you know, in a sense, I don't like doing things kind of behind your back. But one, you are sleeping, so it's not like... <laughs> <laughs> so I had to be all sneaky. I had to make an executive decision, but you know, it was a nice surprise, and I didn't want to have you disappointed if stuff fell through because it was a long shot at best. It really was. It was like let's throw it out there and see if we can pull it off. It wasn't like I actually didn't expect it to be able to be pulled off. I really didn't. It was let's see, let's see if we can pull. Let's see if we can do it. What happens if we don't? What's the worst that can happen? Is we're back where we started. The worst that's going to happen is you don't go, which you weren't going anyway. So it, it cost me nothing but a little bit of time to see if we could pull it off. And we were able to pull it off, and it was nice. The downside of it is I got to unplug from a few days, de-stressed. Now I don't want to plug back into work. <laughs> I'm looking back at the mess I have to go plug back into within the you know, all the politics and my kind of responsibilities with that and trying to figure out all this stuff again, you know, how to make all this actually earn us an income. <laughs> I just don't want to do it. Oh, it needs to be done and I'll do it. I hadn't gotten to unplug and de-stress for a long time. As much as we talk about 
monitoring our emotional and mental health around here. I actually haven't done a very good job of my own. Well, I don't, I don't want to be hard on myself. I haven't done as good a job as I probably should have. So I haven't unplugged in well over a year. I think. I can't remember. So if I haven't done it enough, if I have, there's clearly a, a, a need there if I have that big of a reaction to a couple of days where all I did was a couple of things, a couple of minor responsibilities that I couldn't shirk. And if I felt that much stress relief from just doing that, uh, there's something there that's telling me. Good. I hope you look at it and take the time you need. Well, hey, Monday's therapy day. So we'll <laughs> so something to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so that's stuff to work on. <laughs> that is what it is. So anyway, I know. And so I'm sitting here now. We're just kind of doing the show. And so the first time in I don't know how long we've done this for, I'm not in the mood to be here. And I, you, know, you shouldn't actually admit that to your audience, but I think it would be wrong for us not to. We talk very honest and open here with our audience, with ourselves. And how can I sit here and pretend that I'm and fake it? I mean, we can sit here and talk about human sexuality. We still could. We could still have a conversation. It wouldn't be terrible, but it would be better if I was in a different mindset, which is why we're not talking about it. It's for the good of the show. We'll talk about it next week or the week after. And the reason it came up is because of someone in our kind of political circle. She wrote a book. And she was a sex. I forget exactly what the title was and everything. I, my thought was I should reach out to her. We'll talk about the book and we'll reach out to her and see if we can get her on. You know, she's a, she's a, in our political circles, but you know, this is kind of a non-political discussion. And that was the thought. And so we'll talk about it. We'll set up the potentials for an interview. And I just, Human sexuality is a complex issue that requires a lot of careful thought and careful, careful wording and, <laughs> and careful consideration as you just move through the discussion. Right? You, you don't want to be overly serious, but yet at the same time, you want to make sure that you're respectful of everybody's journey. And it's not an easy task to do it, to do it justice. And it's one of these things where... Yes, I, we could pull it off, but is it actually responsible? Well, responsible for it. Is it the best thing for our show? And It's not. best thing for our show is to kind of go back on what we do, pull through these lists. What do we've got on tap? 32 things of uh, your relationship or something like that, and then uh, eight signs of a friendship should end or something. I think those are the two things we got on tap. Oh, I got them over here. I apologize. What am I asking? Eight signs of an unhealthy, unhealthy friendship and when things end. And 32 subtle signs you're falling in love. So that's kind of on tap for the discussion. So what about you? Plugging in back into the week. How are you coming back home and trying to... Well, it's been, I'm, I've been uh, going nonstop with a three-year-old. 
So this is really a shifting of gears <laughs> for me. I've been at her beck and call. And we've been very busy with doing painting and gluing and we do crafts, we do outside. We went to a we went to the park. Now all the all the all those wonderfully small things that we as young parents don't take don't uh give full value to, but we as grandparents we kind of say, Ah, these are glorious little They're things. Glorious, <laughs> not a glorious memory. So now it's shifting gears. It was just go, go, go constantly. So um shifting gears is is a little hard. But tomorrow I'm going to see two of my in-town grandchildren. So I get to shift gears once again. And then Monday will be my down day. Um, I haven't had a down day in two weeks. I do nothing. Once a week, I do nothing. I watch movies. I chat. I eat. Drink tea. Ah, <sighs> uh, I need a smoke, few, smoke weed. I need a few days away from the world, unplugged. I really do. I, I really do. I'm, I'm shaking my finger in I, your face. No, I know. I, I, I didn't realize how stressed I was actually feeling. Which, in one sense, is good. I'm coping with stress better than I have in the past. I'm managing it better. But then my other side is I'm not managing it properly. <laughs> you're, you're ignoring it all together. Yeah, no I'm, no, I'm not completely ignoring it. If I was ignoring it, I'd be a mess. And so there's clearly, I'm clearly, the, the steps I do to cope with it to, is I'm doing properly. You're doing properly. Okay, but the long-term you, things I do to make it easier to cope with it is where I'm not doing it. So, now, part of it so is circumstance, right? We've been, we've been stuck with COVID. So there was not a whole lot in, in a sense. We didn't get to go do our our family camping trip. And that's always a kind of rejuvenator for me. The yearly family get together at Tahoe, not just the fact that I get to sleep for four days, but you know, it's just, I'm kind of unplugged. You're just kind of hanging out. You know, the value of unplugging on occasion for someone like me is actually important, more important than I give it credit to for. And I clearly haven't been given enough credit. disconnecting that you know the world's going to do what it's going to do anyway it's not like i can change it you know not immediately well you know what to do now you toss things in the world and over time maybe it changes things but you're not going to over the course of a day ah, yes <laughs> how the world works so, anyway so what do we got? What do you want to start with? We want to start with the 32 things or we want to go with the eight signs of un- unhealthy friendship? Let's go with the eight signs of unhealthy friendship. All right. <clears throat> they expect you to be there for them 24-7 no matter what. I think it's the expectation part of that is the issue. They're creating a burden for you rather than a benefit. 
You will be there as often as you can, clearly. You'll be there as often as you can, but you also have a life. You have a life. You have responsibilities. And, you know, you can't drop your own life at the drop of a hat. You've got other responsibilities. You have to balance. All the world is a balance. Or sometimes, you know, no, I'm not you know, I'm not going to go skydiving. I don't want to do it. Yeah, I get it. You want to go skydiving. You want someone to go with you. Find somebody else. <laughs> You know, I'm not going to go jump out of a plane just because you want me to. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't be there. Of course, you'd have trouble getting me in the plane to begin with, but that's a whole different discussion. <laughs> Why the hell am I jumping out of a perfectly good airplane? <laughs> Why the hell am I getting in a perfectly good airplane? Yeah. So I, if there's an expectation that you, like, kind of completely redo your life to, for them, then, yes, that's unhealthy. Clearly. Clearly. Boundaries. There's no boundaries. But, I mean, if, if there's, you know, a functional relationship is kind of a give and take. You don't keep score, but you know if you get what you need from the relationship. If it's a, everybody's giving what they can. Yes. And you know if you're giving too much over time. Sometimes you do. Sometimes in relationships deep friendships, relationships, you have to give more for a short period of time because of circumstances. And that's the way the world works. There's no way getting around that. You don't go one there, one there. The world doesn't work that way. Life ain't fair. But over time, you know if people are making the effort, and that's really what matters. So, ah, all right. They take jabs at you in front of other people, but claim it's in good fun. Well, there's a difference. Sometimes it isn't good fun. And this is maybe, did a woman write this? Let me find out. After all, if you rest and can't keep your secrets or think it's worth it to share them just to get a laugh of others, do they really care about you? I got to point this out. A woman wrote this, and this is a point where men and women have a fundamental disagreement about how we interact with our friends. For men... As a rule of thumb, this jocular thing is exactly that. So when we sit here and say, what, we're just joking around, it's fine. Poking fun at our flaws is part of our nature, it's part of our culture, it's what we do. And I, we, I actually, we understand that women don't do that with each other. So, But, I mean, can we kind of take it in agreement that men and women are kind of different in this one area? And that men have to be more careful when they're talking with, with women about using humor. You have to be more careful. And women have to understand that when men are kind of joking around, they probably are just joking around. If it's actually a joke. It's shocking to us. Yes. It's shocking. But see, we, you know, we, we find shocking that you guys will lie to each other's face. You'll sit there and tell somebody you like them, you their friendship, and then they go away. I hate that woman. You just... <laughs> and you guys are thinking that's nice. We'll say, you're a dick. And we think that, hey, I have, telling him he's a dick is better than telling him we like him. So we don't understand. So it's a mutual misunderstanding, not understanding how you operate with each other. Now, if you look at it from an evolution... Well, you have to be nice. Well, and if you look at it from an evolutionary point where you kind of think about humanity as it works through, it actually kind of makes sense, the differences. Men are out... Look, if, if you're out hunting, you're like a basket, you're like a team. And 
people who have flaws, you have to point out the flaws. Otherwise, you can't improve. But women are spending all the time together cooking, taking care of the children. They're spending a lot of time in close knit, having the functional relationship where you're not always angry at each other, even if it's pretend, is actually important. more important than making sure that your skills are improving on the, on the hunting field. It's, it's a different evolutionary mindset. And the fact that it still continues on is not actually surprising. Well, we're not that far from the cave. No. Well, and it's a fundamental thing. It, it worked for literally tens of thousands of years. It got us here. That kind of mindset got us here. It has value or had value. How much value it has moving forward is an open question. But it takes time. It was 10,000 years. It's not going to go away in a couple hundred <laughs> you know, that kind of, you're not going to be able to kind of educate our way out of it in a couple hundred years. It's going to take time. And it's that deeply ingrained in, in our cultures and our DNAs. It's just going to take time. We can't expect too much. Meanwhile, we have to be shocked and appalled <laughs> with how you guys talk to each other. Yeah, well, we're shocked and appalled at how you all talk to each other, too. So it's equally. It's an equal thing. We don't understand it either. We don't understand your, why you guys... We don't understand. To be nice. It's not nice. <laughs> we don't think it's nice. We think it's dishonest. It's not nice. <laughs> See, it's a fundamental disagreement of perspective. All right. They expect you to read the mind and get upset when you can't. Well, they expect you to read your mind is kind of one thing. It's getting upset when you're wrong and you don't read your mind is the actual problem. You can get in the habit of someone kind of understanding what you're thinking. But expecting them to be able to understand what you're thinking is the actual problem. No. That's an unrealistic expectation <laughs> of anyone. Oh, half of us... Okay, most of us can't, don't even understand what we're all thinking. How are, we, how are we supposed to expect other people to do it? We don't know what the hell our minds are going to come up with. Next 10 minutes, I don't know. Not any given day. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. I come out of nowhere. Knuckle on, man. This droid is like a bad motivator. I feel, I feel like the damn droid in the Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> I feel like that droid in Star Wars. I really do. All right. They make all the decisions in your friendship. Well, what, what fun is that? They decide on what movie to watch, what type of food to eat, when you go out to dinner, where to go on your next girl's trip. Well, I have to actually give a qualification to this. You have to be very careful. You're not part of that equation. If if you're always going, I don't know, whatever, and then someone does whatever, and now you're complaining that they always make these decisions and always do these things, well, guess what, Sunshine? <laughs> You've set the standard of the relationship. Now you're complaining about the standard of the relationship. So you have to be very careful that you didn't actually help create the conditions before you go pointing fingers and so that's the only caveat I want to add to that. Is just make sure that it's actually the situation you're in is actually the situation you're in, that you're not the one 
who's helped create it. That's all. Because you could very easily have accidentally created the situation where it's simply habit for them to make all these decisions. Like going, I don't know, whatever. I don't care. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying you have to be careful. That, that or they're just extremely controlling. Yeah, could be their nature. And you accept it because they're your friend. My question is, is do they respect you when you make a different choice? How do they deal with it if when you say, I don't want to do that? I don't want to watch that movie. Yeah. Yeah. They lie to you. All right, women. We go back. We were just talking about. <laughs> you can't have it both ways. <laughs> you can't complain that you were brutally honest and then complain that you're lying to you. You get one or the other. You honest to your lies. What do you want? You can be nice. <laughs> no, honesty is not always nice. We can still be kind when you're delivering the bad news. Yes, you can be as kind as possible. But sometimes soft-coding things isn't the kindest thing to do. Because it makes it more difficult to understand the real problem. You're trying to soft-pedal it. You're trying to make it not so hurtful. And which is understanding... But what you're actually, but can actually not actually, what can end up happening is that you're not relating the seriousness. What you're actually doing is soft pedaling the seriousness of what the issue is. Accidentally, you're not doing it on purpose. You're trying to be, you're, you're trying to be kind, but you're soft pedaling what the actual issue is, or the potential of soft pedaling the actual issue is there. And you want to be careful. These things are, again, what we talk about here a lot is these things aren't universal. You have to be very careful. You have to actually think about these things. You can't just say, oh, here's a list of things. Well, clearly it's, <laughs> it's this. If they do X, Y, and Z, then it means this. Well, not necessarily. There's other factors you have to actually be aware of. You have to be aware of your own perspective, your own roles in these things. Can't always be looking at other people as the root of the problem. You have to look at what you have done to create it as well, and make sure you're not part of the problem before you go demanding other people are responsible. Yeah, the first when you see problems, the first place you should check is the mirror. I don't like doing it, but because I find problems every damn time I look in that thing. <laughs> But that's good, in a sense. It's because I'm not afraid to look at my problems. Doesn't mean I always solve them. I know some of them have been there a long time. I don't know what to do with them yet. But some of them I'm working on. Haven't been successful at dealing with it yet, but I'm trying. (laughs) Yeah? That's all we can do. I'm trying. What are you going to do? We're trying. We're we're kind of plugging away. All right. They're jealous or possessive of you. That's scary. Yeah. The jealousy and possession. That one's actually a, a, a big warning sign. If you can't have other close friends, they get jealous of other close friends, then you have to start kind of reevaluating your boundaries. And if they're willing to respect them. Well, this one's clearly if they abuse you physically, mentally, or emotionally. Yeah, okay. I, I don't seven, but yeah. I don't, <laughs> that's just clear. I'm not even sure I have the difficulty in that one is kind of recognizing because sometimes we can 
justify it actually, you know, we, we kind of give justifications to it. And maybe you can want, you know, you can say, you know, it's an extreme event and you just kind of happen to be there to kind of have to take their reaction to it. And you can kind of, you know, get passes if they accept responsibility for it, you can work past it. But if it's an ongoing thing, <laughs> you know, if it's, if you've kind of been physically, mentally, or emotionally abusive over time, or it changes from, um, you know, emotionally abusive to mentally abusive, that then there's very likely going to switch to physically. That's how steps work. <laughs> that's how, that's how the slippery slope works. <laughs> you know, you accept one thing and then it makes it very easier to go to the next one. That's once you accept a certain mindset, you know, the difference between emotional abuse and mental abuse is mindset. You know, once you accept the mindset that any form of abuse is fine, why do you stop? There's no reason to stop. You, as long as you can create some goofy justification in your head. If you can justify any form of it, then you can justify any form of it. It's just a matter of coming up with the excuse in your head. That's why you have to fundamentally avoid it. No, it's always wrong. Always. All circumstances, no exceptions. Because once you start creating exceptions, you've accepted exceptions. Yeah. Now, people evolve, people change, people go through rough periods in life where they're un immature and you have not yet evolved as a human being. You know, young people have a tendency to be kind of emotionally abusive accidentally. They don't know they're doing it. They literally don't have enough life experience to understand what they're doing. They quite literally don't. And so in a sense, it's not their fault, but they are responsible. Yes. And they are responsible to becoming better. Yes. Becoming better human beings. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was awful. <laughs> And so we don't want to be overly judgmental here, but we also at the same time, we talk about brutal honesty. I'm being brutally honest. I'm not, you have, you cannot allow yourself to, to justify it to yourself. You cannot, you have to say I'm wrong. That was wrong. I've got to be better. And most you know, at 20 years old, you're not experienced enough to know how to manage this properly. You're going to make mistakes. And you've got to be willing to learn from them. All right. Don't have things in common anymore. Well, that doesn't mean anything. That whole in common thing isn't. They even said in the first sentence, while this isn't necessarily a sign of unhealthy friendship, it can be a clue that it's time to come to an end. No, that by itself is completely meaningless. <laughs> if you can still talk and relate, even though you no longer have the same interests or hobbies, then it doesn't matter. It's kind of, it's like they had to come up with eight, so they threw one on. <laughs> like, no, it can't be seven. It's got to be eight. <laughs> so we're going to throw one on. <laughs> what can we come up with? We need one more. <laughs> hey, go to the office. We need one more. <laughs> You don't have anything in common anymore. That just means you've evolved as human beings. That's not a sign of any problems. It's just kind of the way life works. <laughs> Life's like that sometimes, homie. Just, what do you want from me? 
<laughs> Seriously, stop at seven. It was actually not a bad article. It's just <laughs> that last one is goofy. I'm sorry. I'm losing it on this one. <laughs> it's like a tack on thing. I don't understand. It was kind of a tack on thing. <laughs> it's like it didn't fit. Everything else is all serious, and then the last and the first line they even say it. The first the first line of the of the quote is you just don't have things in common anymore. And the very first sentence. Well, this isn't necessarily a sign of unhealthy friendship. It it can still be a clue that it may be time to put some space between you and the friend or in yourself. Well, no, the space will naturally grow. You're not going to have to do that. If the space is what you know, your friendship is going to grow apart, it will grow apart. You don't have to deliberately put space. It, it's literally, there's no reason for that to be there. <laughs> it's just being tacked on. We need some more words. And the thing is, I know how they put these things together, and that's actually why. Seven isn't as good as eight when it comes to people on being attractive for people clicking. People like to click on... on it's, it's weird. The numbers people prefer to click on. Five, eight, ten, three. Things like four, seven, six... You don't want to don't want to click on it. It's a goofy thing about marketing research, which is why you end up with tack-ons like this. We got to make it eight, so more people will click. I clicked on it with eight. <laughs> there's reasons they do this. There's a, there's a formula to these. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's I don't know why I find that so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Tacked it on. <laughs> I don't understand. But anyway, I find that hilarious. All right, what do we got? Oh, it's halftime. It's 34 minutes. We missed. We are going to take our break here for a, or set up our break for our sponsor. Do we actually want to take a break or are we going? Let's just do it. Okay. And we are back. And you want to see how lazy I've been today? I haven't even done any browsers, any uh, banners. I haven't told you guys that you can contact us at love at late night love dot us if you want to send Lovey a dear Lovey letter, which I didn't check the email this week, so we might actually have one that I didn't look for. And um, <laughs> I told you I have one plug. You can visit us at late night love dot us, or the easiest way to actually get us would be to go to the Facebook at late night love or MeWe, late night love. All right. Uh, let's move on. We have 32 signs you're falling in love with your person. All right, this one's yours, Lubby, so let's go. Okay. Now, this is by Cosmopolitan. This, uh, this is very hip language. Okay, number one, you're all like, X who? You ha okay, when you stop thinking about your ex... You're so into the new person, you don't even think about your ex anymore. Doesn't even come up. That's a sign you're falling in love. A subtle, a subtle sign. I don't know. Would you should... agree on that? Maybe. Depends where you are in your personal journey. If you're still always thinking about your ex, you probably shouldn't be going off looking kind of you're probably still not done dealing with it. 
I can't make that decision for everybody else. That's just personal observation that has coin flip chance of best of being right. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a personal journey thing. It's, it's a, that's literally a question I can't answer. Okay. But, you know, I, I'm not qualified to answer that for other people. You're no longer trolling your, for instance, you're no longer trolling your ex's social media account. Why the hell are you doing that in the first place? <laughs> it's your ex. Stop trolling your freaking social media account. <laughs> if you're already, see, that's the problem. If you're trolling your ex's social media account, you've got another problem. That's what you should be. Why the hell am I doing that? Stop it. I don't care whether, whether you're getting another related. No, you haven't ended the last one. Literally, you're still scrolling their social media account. You haven't ended it. Stop it. You're hurting yourself emotionally by doing that. Stop it. You, people, stop it. Stop trolling your social, your access social media accounts. You're hurting only yourself. Stop it. And I do, I see it. I do, we see it all the time. And stop it. It's bad for you. All right, what is next? You're craving cuddles and not the sex. It says when you're just as excited to cuddle with them in bed at night as you are to get hot and heavy with sex, that's how when you know you're starting to fall into real love. I, you know, I have to agree here. I'm just as happy curled up on your chest, you know, cuddling while listening to Red Green would you, as doing anything else. Would you have felt that way at 21? Would I have felt that way at 21? I don't know. Because we feel that way now. Well, of course, I'm broken, so yeah, it's easier. But would we have felt that way at 21? Or would, would we have realized that it is? Maybe not that we would have felt that way. We would have understood that's how we were feeling at 21, I suppose, is probably the better question. I think it goes back to you don't have enough experience to understand at 21. You just don't. It's not possible. But that's just, that's just the only question. It's like, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think of that one, to be honest. It's, it seems to me like maybe it's a woman's perspective. Okay. Uh, men may not have the same thing because when men want to, they don't like being. No, I don't say. I can't say men. Many men, it's not like we don't have a need for cuddle often because when we lay down, we want to go to sleep, lay down, stretch out, and cuddling is kind of constricting. But we do it because we know you guys like it. And we, <laughs> care about you. Well, that's when we have you alone. And, and then we, and until our arms fall asleep and we say, okay, now we've got to move. I can't sit here any longer. <laughs> <laughs> this is killing me now. <laughs> you guys don't understand how long we will sit there. Okay. I cannot feel my arm anymore. We've got to change. <laughs> And we never tell you. I'm giving you a secret. I'm giving up our secrets. We don't tell you how bad it actually is. Really? No. We wait way too long. We 
you know, you're happy. Why the hell are you like, <laughs> Who's like making you happy? We don't want to stop you from being happy. Hell, you don't know have to do it. You just have to sit there and deal with this pain in your arm or something. You just, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah, how many times? And you're sitting there like this. Oh, God, come on, circulation. Go back. And you don't want to sit there. Because then you say, then you're like, hey, these get away. Anyway, there's, yeah, we go through a lot of these things trying to make you happy. We go through a lot of machinations trying to let you guys be happy. Now, we don't mind. I'm not, it's not a complaint. I just want to be sure. I'm not complaining. It's just, it's what men do. It's our thing. I'm not saying it's necessary right or wrong. It's just what we do. <laughs> I, try, I try to be aware. I try to notice. Okay. Next one. Number three, you're not counting the seconds until you text back. Now, the, what this says basically is you know you're not going to get ghosted. You're confident in the relationship. Well, actually, expecting anybody to text back quickly in the modern world is stupid. You know, people have lives. Their phones can be in the other room. <laughs> they can be on the phone. There's all kinds of things people can be doing other than, oh, wait, I got to, you know, people have lives. And expecting them to be at your beck and call on the phone just because the cell phone is, is, is actually insanely convenient is kind of an unrealistic expectation. But when they're gone for three days, you should keep the phone close by you. It's in the house? What do you want from me? It's supposed <laughs> to be in your hand. I, I don't do that anytime. I don't, I, I refuse to become married to a phone. It was only while I'm, it's only while I'm gone. I think you could do it. For if me. you had needed me, you could have messaged me on Facebook and I'd have been there. You'd have found me. It's not like I was a, a completely unavailable. I was in the same house as the phone. <laughs> it's just, it was in the other room and then they, but that ate it. I'm not used to not having direct access. I am very spoiled. The bed ate it. I couldn't find the it. For like, I, there was like four hours. I couldn't know what the hell it was. I and know. you weren't here to call. The, the kids were gone. I had no one to call. And I didn't think of me until later that I could use the Skype thing to call. <laughs> it didn't occur to me. It didn't occur to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really smart. You know, sometimes you're not as smart as you think you are. You know, it's just... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was not my one of my brightest moments of the week. <laughs> it took me four hours. And I did find it though; it had fallen down behind the head, which is why I couldn't find it. Oh, okay. Uh, you make your bed. Their bed. Number the four. You make their bed every morning. Well, basically, what they're saying is what is that you do little. You find yourself doing little daily tasks like that. To make their life easier. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. Little things. It's the little, little things you it's do. The little things. Without thinking, really. It's not that you mind. You just kind of do it because you want to make them a little happier. You're not doing it because you're expected to. You're doing it because you want to make them a little happier. Yes. You're perfectly <laughs> capable of doing your own laundry. 
Yeah. But I'm doing laundry too, so I do your laundry too. At the same time, it makes no sense to me because it'd be more of a hassle for me to have to sort it out and keep it separate than to do our own laundry together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like I don't do the laundry if it comes up. You did laundry when I was gone. I do laundry when I need to do it. Yeah. We just, again, we've, we've came to this conclusion a long time ago. It's not that I don't do laundry. It's you just get to it before I do. It's really what happens. And then... I do admit there are times when I I would do it, but then I know you're going to do it and because I'm feeling lazy. I don't. And, but it doesn't actually happen as often, very often. It's not that it doesn't happen very often. So I actually kind of give myself a quasi pass on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed to be lazy, but on occasion, it's, it doesn't actually happen very often where I actively think I should probably do the laundry and then not do it. If I actually think about it, if I look at the laundry and I say, I should probably do that. I generally do it. I may do it in a couple hours, but I'll generally do it. Yes. Yeah, so it doesn't actually happen that often, it's, but it does happen on occasion. It'd be I would be inhuman if it didn't. Come on. Who likes to do laundry? Okay, number five. You notice that literally everything reminds you of them. Yeah, that's because you're on the. It's not the thing. It's you. That's. <laughs> yeah, I got you. That's good. Okay. And no, I'm not necessarily sure that's. A sign of love. It can be a sign of lust. <laughs> don't so be just be careful, like always. Okay. Okay, number six. You don't feel a need to ask them for the birth chart. Birth chart. What the hell is a birth chart? You don't care if they're, you know what what their sign is. Their astrological sign is. Well, yeah. you have to have cared in the first place. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven, when, when an ex does pop into your life, you're completely unfazed by it. That has nothing to do with the love of your current thing that has you've actually ended the last relationship, but okay. You don't feel constantly anxious about getting hurt. Here again, you feel confident. You feel confident. Yes, you feel confident that you know the ground that you're standing on. It's solid. Yes. Yeah. Well, you understand that Okay, if something's going to happen, you will know, you will have actually a discussion, you'll know it's coming. It won't surprise you. Well, you believe that anyway. Yeah. Things happen. Things happen. Yeah, you, you, your perceptions of relationships aren't necessarily true. But, <laughs> but, you know, you're comfortable. It's a sign that you're comfortable in the relationship. That is true. Okay. And it feels super easy. It feels super easy. When falling in love with someone, it's, it's, a, at least work. Okay, wait. This is relate. Yes, relationship take work, but when you're falling in love with someone, it's at least work you want to be doing, which isn't really work at all. Uh, you just have to be very careful that those aren't rose-colored glasses. You think? Yeah, that's the one. That's the caveat I want to add to that: is rose-colored glasses can mimic that. Kind of thing. Okay. It, it, it cover it. You don't see the problems. All right. You don't have to plan your dates around fun activities mm -hmm. because you'd be just as happy sitting around doing nothing. Okay. You talk about things you'll do together in the future. Okay. Okay. Without realizing you're talking about the future. Yes. 
That's the actually important part. Without your, it's not a forced conversation. It just kind of organically happens. Yes. You're not sitting there and they're talking about the future. You're sitting there and they're just talking. Hey. And then, hey, and then two hours later, go. You realize, hey, we were talking about the future over there. It's you literally didn't realize you were talking about the future. You were just talking. And then, you know, later on, you look back and you say, hey, we were actually talking about the future. It's kind of like watching a movie. You watch it, and then later on, you realize it was deeper than you watched when you watched it. There's more depth there than you realized. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. When you say, I miss you, it's because you really do miss them after only a day apart. Well... I felt that when I was gone, you dropped me off on Monday. Monday night, I was missing you already. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to downplay it, but you, you also miss your routine. You, we have to be careful when we talk about not be careful. Um, I'm trying to be careful how I word this because. I can word it improperly and send a completely wrong message by just by having one wrong word in it. <laughs> uh, we yanked you out of your routine like that. And so the first night, I'm not saying you didn't miss me, but that routine is important to you. And we yanked it out of you like that. And so it wasn't, it wasn't just me you were missing. Yes, you are part of my routine. Yes, but it wasn't just me. That would, it would have, I'm not saying that you wouldn't still have missed me the same night if we had planned it over time, but it wouldn't have been as what, emotional. It wouldn't have been as big feeling, I guess, kind of, because it wasn't a snap. We snapped you out of your routine like that. That was always my concern. That is always my concern when I do things like that, is that we snap you out of your routine, and that's hard on you. Can be hard on you, and I have to. I, just, I do think about it. I create my own routines in a day. Yeah, I just. I love routine. Yeah. So, I was. I do worry about that. That you know, snapping out of your routine like that with essentially no notice is has its own dangers. But I actually figured that getting to see your granddaughter after the whole freaking year was probably overpower the potential dangers. <laughs> That was kind of the, the ending calculation that yes. the good that you would get from going to actually physically see your daughter and your granddaughter after a year would, would kind of overcome whatever potential issues would be yes. created by and snapping and you out of and the routine. You were, and you were right. You were right. But, you know, there's a reason I don't do that all the time. Really? I don't to make plans for you out of the hat. It's one, it's not my place to kind of snap plans together for you. You know, it's not my actual job. I love you and I want to take care of you, make you happy, but it's not my job to design your vacations. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not controlling it. That's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one time putting together a nice trip to go see your grandchildren. That's a nice little thing. After a year of yeah. COVID. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's one thing. Yeah, I didn't plan your vacation. I just put together the fact that you can go up there. I had no idea what you guys were going to do. I was just, hey, can I, I can get you up there. And she's yeah. willing to have you. Let's go. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was a fun thing. I'm, I'm glad I got to do it. It's just, I didn't realize that there was a consequence on my side that unplugging was going to freaking make me a toddler of not wanting to. <laughs> I am, I'm a toddler right now inside. You guys look like I'm being a civilized human being. I am throwing a temper tantrum inside. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'm going to have to put this thing together and post load it and do all the post-production. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'm throwing a temper tantrum inside. It's pathetic. And you know it. You can imagine the, the thing that's going on inside my head. You didn't. Because <laughs> you see it at 3 o'clock in the morning. When yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, there's two conversations going on inside my head right now. The conversation that I want to have and the conversation that I have to have. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get a headache, to be honest. That's exhausting. Yeah, I know, but I told you I wasn't in the mood. But on the plus side, it's 53 minutes. We're almost <laughs> And I feel so terrible about feeling that way. For the first time ever, this feels like a job. And I don't particularly like it. I've been there. <sighs> I've been there. But it's because I haven't taken a day off in any I haven't taken time off and I haven't unplugged them. I probably should. We probably should probably schedule a week off and so I don't have to do anything. Work on the book only. I should probably do that and we get back to where we started talking about you know managing your mental health okay we got five minutes so let's not finish this thing out well we're not gonna get through all the way of it so well let's, let's get see how many we can do you can't remember the last time you thought about your former fling who broke your heart okay here again you've moved on that's yeah that's good no, i think that has less to do with with your feelings of the current relationship and more to do with you've actually finally closed the book on the last one uh, you're giving the current relationship too much credit you're giving the relationship credit for ending the last relationship rather than just ending the last relationship and opening a brand new book so i think it's a mindset problem but it's not like it's wrong it's just anyway it's a all right, let's move on. 14. Things you usually hate seem okay and even fun. For instance, uh, riding roller coasters, you're terrified of doing laundry. Totally fine as long as you're hanging with them. So. Nah, that doesn't work for me. I, we still hate shopping. I don't know. Yeah, we still hate shopping. I'm not entirely. I'm not sold on that one. Okay. 15, you're comfortable with making little sacrifices for them. Okay, that's that's good enough. You wouldn't put off your responsibilities, but if they're sick and need you to take care of them instead of going to brunch one morning, you're totally cool with that. Okay, 16, they're in the something, they're the something good you thought about when everything else is really rough. Uh-huh. Oh, that's sweet. Yes, they're your, they're kind of your your rock in the storm. Rock in the storm, yes. Yeah. Seventeen, you feel safe when you're around them. Yeah, you know that's often you're saying the same thing a couple times here. It's it's super easy. You're not worried about 
you're not feeling anxious about getting hurt. You're feeling safe. They've said it twice. So. Okay, number 18. You're comfortable enough around them to make bad jokes and be your totally weird self. Yes, you can totally be yourself. Yes, that's the thing. When you can uh, feel that you can be yourself without fear of rejection. Because the biggest issue in any relationship is fear of rejection. You know, like you don't feel like you can be yourself because you're afraid of being rejected. And, you know, we change, we hide ourselves because we're fe- afraid of being rejected. And if you do that, you're not having a real relationship. It's a strange thing. If you have to hide yourself. To have a relationship, why are you having a real relationship? You're not having a real relationship. No, it's it's one thing to say I'm being careful before I kind of reveal these things to me that people might reject. Well, that's people have to earn your trust. But you know, it's just oddly enough, that's a good one to talk about from the human sexuality thing we were supposed to talk about tonight, right? Before you can kind of reveal your weirdest parts of your sexuality, you have to know someone won't reject you for it. They may not want to participate, but they shouldn't reject you for it. True. You know, we all get to make our own decisions about, but you know, you shouldn't be rejected. If they reject you for it, then it's not love. And if you can't at least express it, then do they love you? I never understood that. You know, uh, listen to a confession, and uh, especially, you know, that has to do sexual nature, and um, be rejecting someone entirely, <coughs> it, it, it's never changed the way I saw someone. That's the only thing I can imagine that happens. It changes the way you see them. You, they're not the person you thought they were. Yes, but it's but that's usually based upon your perceptions of what that is, not the actual person. Right. And, but it's also very human. But I'm I guess maybe because I'm okay with that. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. They're like this now. This is you know. Well, yeah, I'm okay with that shit. We have our own. So you know, when when you have your when you live in a glass house, you don't throw stones. Well, there's that. <laughs> I live in a glass house when it comes to my. I live in a glass. House. <laughs> so I don't throw stones. <laughs> hey, other people can have whatever they want because then I, I can't say anything. <laughs> I don't want people throwing stones at my house. <laughs> My house is as glass as anybody else's. But that's the trick. Everybody's house is glass. Most people just don't admit it. They're afraid. They're afraid of being rejected. And that fear is not unfounded. Society rejects people for all kinds of reasons all the time. And so the fear of rejection is not unfounded, which is why when you find somebody who you, who you're not afraid, will reject you for expressing your deepest self. That's why it's such a beautiful thing. Because, you know, look around in the world today. People get rejected for 
a tweet that people find offensive. Some people find offensive. Maybe it is. But should your life be destroyed because of it? I don't know. Is it making the world a better place? Because that's the question we should be asking ourselves. Are we making the world a better place? For ourselves? For our families? For our communities? It's not about politics. It's about you. What you do. What you put out into the world. You don't have to get involved in politics to make the world a better place. You don't have to get involved. You don't have to do something. It just has to be better. You just have to be better. You just have to want your world to be a better place. And do what you can. Every little thing. Whatever little thing you do. If it's pick up the trash as you walk around the block in your daily walk. Pick up some trash. The world's a better place. Picking up one piece of trash on the, on the street. Guess what? The world is now a better place. It doesn't take much. Don't expect the world to become a better place if we're not willing to do our part. And your part doesn't have to be big. We're individuals. We're small. We, we don't have to. We can't change everything. Pick something small. Start with yourself. Make yourself a better, friendlier place. The things that surround you will become a better, friendlier place. It starts with us. It starts in the mirror. And you will fail. You will not succeed. You will not always achieve the, the goals you want. But it will, the world will still become a better place. You will become a better person because you're trying to. And that's all the time we have tonight. Thank you all for listening. And uh, you can catch us at love at late night love.us. You can send Lubby a dear love letter. You can, uh, there's links in the description to our newsletter. You can click on that. And if you can help us out, you can follow us on what is it? Patreon or Anchor FM is probably where we'd like you to go and make some donations if you can. Thank you very much for me and Lovey tonight. We want to thank you for coping with us. <laughs> and please remember to love everybody. Good night. <laughs>